0: One year ago, the week of November 22nd, Thanksgiving, here in the United States, I picked five stocks. The theme that time was abundance, avoiding the trade-off mentality, having your cake and eating it. Which is why we called the podcast, Five Stocks That Will Let You Eat Cake. The market's been very bad the past two months, hasn't been much of a year to speak of, what about those stocks? And two years ago this month, I picked five other stocks for you on this podcast and given that it was this month you're not going to be surprised to hear that I named that five stock sampler five stocks to put under the tree. 2 years later, we're going to look back at those two. How did those Christmas gift stocks age? Well, because the market's been very bad the past 2 months. Well, one thing that may separate Rule Breaker Investing from every other podcast in the universe is that not only do we pick stocks here, but I update you on those stock picks years later as well. You know, real performance. That's right, we're Foolish enough to actually score things in good markets and in bad. So, ready to be Foolish with me? Let's do it. Five stocks that will let you eat cake one year later. Five stocks to put under the tree two years later. It's time for transparency and accountability to play the game right on this week's Rule Breaker Investing. Support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield approval is a real game changer, and here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop, but here's the crucial part. If rates go up over those 90 days, your rate stays the same, but if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. And welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. It is such a busy time of year. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for lending an ear. Suffering a fool gladly, I certainly don't take I hope I never take your time for granted, but I especially appreciate you taking the time to listen this week, because we're going to have a lot of fun reviewing two years' worth of stock picks and seeing how we did. After all, at the very heart of The Motley Fool and the premise that we started our company with more than 25 years ago was that you and I are going to be rewarded for picking stocks, for buying stocks directly in a world peopled with funds academics and all kinds of forces that suggest that this is a waste of time a fool's errand if you will the idea that you could actually pick stocks and beat the market averages many people think that's not possible and a waste of time i think we've demonstrated over 25 years in counting now that it's actually well worth your time and the earlier you start in life and the more money you save and put toward this the better you're going to be rewarded sometimes wildly well rewarded and i think that's Very true, I'm happy to say, of members who write us testimonials over emails, social media, write letters, drop off cake and candy sometimes. This podcast seems never to get this. We don't get the postcards or the or the bourbon. I just labor away here by myself, not expecting or asking anything, but I'm happy to say that the plaudits have poured in, and most often it's from people who didn't just join our services three months ago or even two years ago. It's the people who've stuck with us for five, ten, 25 years in some cases, because that's where the real game of investing is won over the only term that counts the long term. So, whether you are a longtime listener of this podcast for three plus years now, or you're hearing your very first Rule Breaker Investing podcast, welcome. Thank you for your time. And one of the things we do on this podcast is we pick stocks, as I said at the top, and then a year and two and three later, we go back and we remind ourselves what we were saying back then, and then we update the story and let you know how we're doing. Was it worth it picking these stocks? Is it worth it picking stocks at all? Well, no single five-stock sampler, I think, can prove or disprove the idea that it's worth it to pick stocks. But I'm happy to say that we have a consistent record on this podcast of nailing it with these five-stock samplers, and yet that record, which is almost unblemished, is in jeopardy this time of year, because the stock market has made dramatic losses, especially along a lot of the stocks that I like, the ones that we talk about on this podcast, the Rule Breakers out there. A lot of them are down. So, I hope that you were as curious. I was very curious to go back and look at the performance of these stocks one and two years later and see how we're doing. So, this is one of those podcasts where that's what we're doing this week. That's all we're doing this week. And I have two five-stock samplers to review. And as I mentioned at the top, The first one we're going to review was picked one year ago, and it was Five Stocks That Will Let You Eat Cake. I did go back and listen to at least the start of that podcast, just to get back in the frame of mind where I was, and I wanted to explain the phrase a little bit to you. And Frankly, having listened to the start of that podcast, I'm going to promote that one as one worth going back and listening to, because at the top of the show, I think I did one of my better jobs conveying some key points, not just about investing, but about life. And so it was really fun to hear me talking about avoiding the trade-off mentality and let's let's briefly review what we're talking about here. So, you've probably heard the old line you can't have your cake and eat it. And in fact, I went back and using the power of Wikipedia or maybe this is quote investigator which by the way is a great website if you've not seen quoteinvestigator.com i mean one of the meta threads that runs through rule breaker investing over these last few years is i love to find quotes when we're misquoting somebody like gandhi never did say be the change you want to see in the world he never did say it uh, and yet it's a beautiful phrase and it it does sound like the kind of thing that you would expect gandhi to have said and yet he had not and, so, yeah, the site Quote Investigator is a wonderful one for just trying to see who actually said many of the famous lines that are emblazoned and our minds imprinted. Sometimes as little kids we hear, I came, I saw, I conquered, which, by the way, I do think Julius Caesar did say. But you can use QuoteInvestigator.com. I do now. Free promotion for, I'm going to say, my 17th favorite website. All right. So, with that said, the first time that somebody said the phrase, it was a letter from the Duke of Norfolk to Thomas Cromwell, who was the chief minister to King Henry VIII in Britain, and the subject of, well, Hilary Mantel's novel, Wolf Hall, and its follow-up, Bring Up the Bodies, which I've not read. I did read the first one, though. I certainly recommend Wolf Hall. In fact, I read it aloud in full to my wife. She makes supper, and my end of the bargain is that I read to her as she makes supper, and that's worked pretty well over almost 30 years now. So, anyway, Wolf Hall, Thomas Cromwell's the hero, really, of Wolf Hall, and he received a letter from the Duke of Norfolk on March 14, 1538. This is the true part. Wolf Hall is a fictionalized account of Cromwell. But anyway, from the Duke of Norfolk, and it said, quote, A man cannot have his cake and eat his cake. And that is the first time that that was used. But I think most of us understand the analogy behind this. The idea is, if you have a cake sitting in front of you, and you eat that cake, well, you can't have that cake anymore because it's gone. You ate it. It's no longer sitting in front of you. And yet, I love to find situations in life where that's not true. I call it the trade-off mentality. People will present you false choices. And uh, I always say, take both. Quick example, which I used in the November twenty-second, two 2017 podcast I'm referencing, there was an article, it said, to promote happiness, choose time over money. To which my response is, false choice. Take both. In fact, in my experience, the more money you have, this may seem counterintuitive, but I think it's true, the more money you have, the more time you have. For example, if you have a lot of money, presumably you have financial freedom if you have enough money, which means you have a lot more time to do the things that you want to do in this world. I don't think, to promote happiness, you need to choose time over money. I'd take both. So, you might not be able to have your cake and eat it, But how about some other classic lines that you hear from people like, hey, I'd rather be lucky than good. And my answer is, I want to be both. In fact, I think, since Branch Rickey, the old Brooklyn Dodgers owner, used to say, luck is the residue of design, I think, in a lot of ways, we make our own luck in this world. And so, the better you are, in my experience, the luckier you seem. And, in fact, the luckier you probably are. These things are actually correlated with each other. You're not choosing one over the other. Hey, let's talk about your life partner. Would you rather have somebody who's smart or good looking? And my answer is, I would choose both. And the good news is, there's both out there. Or how about how people think about capitalism? A lot of people think, well, who's going to really be rewarded by this system? And in the 20th century, classic textbook teaching was, it's to maximize shareholder value. It's for the shareholder that business exists and capitalism is there to reward the capitalists, the people who put the capital in the companies. We're going to try to maximize shareholder value. And the CEO letters of Fortune 500 companies put in annual reports and sent out to shareholders over the course, decade by decade through the 20th century. And many of them would say, We're here to maximize your value. Really, though? I mean, I see a lot of stakeholders beyond just the shareholder, I see the customer. Some of the best businesses do great by their customers. It's hard to stay in business very long or be a good long-term stock pick if you're not creating value for your customers. And then there's the employee. That's an important stakeholder, really important for us here at The Motley Fool. I hope it's important in your workplace as well. You, the person working for the company, I hope that person feels included and rewarded. And then how about partners and suppliers? I sure hope you're trying to maximize their value as best you can, or balancing it against all these other stakeholders. So, conscious capitalism, which is what I'm lightly referencing right now, has an abundance answer to that trade-off mentality around capitalism. The answer is not that we're there to pick one stakeholder and just reward and max it out for them. It's to actually create a win across all of your stakeholders. Abundance. The non-trade-off mentality. So, a year ago, in that podcast, I picked five stocks each of which I created a false choice. And then the punchline for every one of these five stocks is, well, actually, you don't have to choose, because it does both. It has both. So, let's go through them right now and talk about, of course, their performance. All right. so the date was 11-22-17. I have my cost bases, my opening prices for them. And I should note that we're taping this podcast a few days ahead of time. We're taping this on Friday afternoon, December 14th, near market close. So, those are the prices I'm using, but you're going to be hearing this Wednesday, December 19th, or later, depending on when you tune in and listen to Rule Breaker Investing. So, the prices will have changed a little bit. The market has been volatile. Who knows whether they'll be higher or lower. But, of course, we're taping right now. So, those are the numbers we're using. So, from 11 17 through to 12-14-18, how are we doing? Stock number 1, Amazon. I asked you a year ago on this podcast, which would you rather have? Would you rather have the world's number one e commerce company, the company that is number one globally at e commerce, or would you want to have the stock that is number one at cloud services? The cloud. Which choice of those two would you opt for in the stock that you're going to buy? And the answer, of course, is both. Amazon.com does both of those, and is many other things beside. Now, a year ago, the stock was at $1,156 a share. And today, I'm very happy to say, to kick it off with stock number 1, it's gone from $1,156 to $1,604. And that's a gain of 39%. So, it's been an outstanding year for that stock that will let you eat cake. Now, we're always comparing every one of these stock picks to the market, right? That's the bogeyman, that's the bogey that we're pursuing at all times. We're always trying to beat Jack Bogle and his index fund. So, here's a funny stat. The market from that podcast a year ago through to today, well, the s 500 index is flat. It's at 0%. So, this is an easy number to calculate. Amazon's up 39%, market zero. Therefore, we put ourselves with a plus 39 in the win column for stock number 1. Now, I have to tell you, that's one of the better picks among these five. We've got some light and some darkness. It'd be interesting to see how it all shakes out. That's stock number no. one, stock number no. two. Stock number no. two is CBOE, the Chicago Board of Options Exchange, is really what that acronym is for. And about this company, a year ago on the podcast, I asked you which you would rather have here. Would you rather have a low risk, low reward stock, or a high risk, high reward stock? And of course, the answer is you'd like to have a low-risk, high-reward stock. You'd like to have both of the good things. And in my experience, you really can have that. Now, a lot of people assume that everything correlates directly the reward of something with the risk that you were taking for it. So, a lot of people think it's either going to be high-risk, high-reward, mediums, or lows, but you couldn't seemingly have low-risk stocks that can grant high-rewards. And yet, I believe. That our portfolios here at the Motley Fool, for anybody who has owned stocks for a long time with us, I think you have a lot of low risk companies that have earned you high rewards because I think the world misperceives risk. A lot of us just think of risk as volatility, the beta of a stock, how it goes up and down. But they really should be looking at the business and ask, you know. How truly risky has Google been? It sounded like a really risky stock back in the days when it used to be Google, now it's Alphabet. But people thought of Google as very risky, because it was a new thing, and it ipo would and then bounced up and down. But really, this was a company that was becoming the dominant number 1 player of global search. That is an incredibly robust and very profitable business. Much lower risk, I thought, at the time. And I'm happy to say, the reward has been high for those who've owned Alphabet for years. The risk is pretty low. I feel the same way about CBOE. It's a totally different business. It's not as big an idea as Google or Amazon. But it is, the parlance we use, our risk ratings here at The Motley Fool, which is a feature in our services. CBOE is a low-risk company, but I believe it has higher reward. How's it done? Well, a year ago, it was at 119, and today it's at 101. So, the stock is down. That's 15% over the last year. Now, the market is at zero, so that's a minus 15. It's hard for me not just to look back a few months by the way at these companies and see where they were. Because at one point earlier this year, this list of five companies was rocking. In fact, for each of these I'm going to highlight briefly where it was earlier in the year. So, we've already covered Amazon. Amazon today is about 1600. In September, the much vaunted announcement of the trillion dollar market cap crossing for Amazon, the stock was at 2050. So, it's gone from 2050 down to 1600, that's a drop of 20%. For CBOE in January of this year, i.e., it had a great move from Thanksgiving last year when I picked it into the new year. It was at 139. Today it's down to 101. That stock is down 40%. It was really a great pick initially. Anyway, let's go on to stock number three now. And about stock number three, I'd like to ask you this, as I did a year ago. If you were buying, a stock that was a leader in online dating? Would you rather have a stock that was a leader for people who are a little bit older and more mature, people who have higher net worth and can spend more, and some more of a premium dating service, maybe second marriage kind of thing, maybe like you know Match.com, or would you want a company like Tinder, which is a really hot dating app for younger people? And here's the good news. I think you know the punchline by now. Match Group's got both. They own Match.com, they own Tinder, and Dozens of other sites for many different tastes and demographics. And so, Match Group, yes, is the world leader for online dating. Now, a year ago, the stock was at 30, and today, as we tape, it's at 43. So, that's a really nice move of 43%, 30 to 43, rocking. And of the five, this has been the best performer. And I love this company. I was mentioning it a year ago, of course on this podcast, but throughout the year of 2018, it's just become increasingly clear to me that this is a great long-term player that you want to be invested in. So while the near-term performance is great, I think what really matters is the longer-term performance, not just looking backwards, but we've had it for several years, so yeah, that's good, but how about going forwards? I should mention, even though the stock is at 43, up 43% in September, it was at 61 so, you're catching Match Group right now down from 61 to 43. I'm not going to complain too much because the whole market's down and all of these stocks are down too. But wow, it would have been more than a double just a few months ago, reviewing this five-stock sampler. Anyway, let's do the math. Plus 43, we had a minus 15, plus 39. So, right now, if you're scoring along with me at home, we're at plus 67 through those three stocks. Let's go to stock number 4. Stock number 4 is NVIDIA. And about this company, I asked a year ago, Let's think about a CEO. Would you rather have a CEO who is an extremely brilliant engineer? I mean, this is, after a technology company. Would you rather have an outstanding engineer running your company, or an extremely capable executive? And in Jensen Huang, the founder and CEO of NVIDIA, you indeed have both. turns out, both of those attributes can exist in the same person. We don't need the trade-off mentality that so much of the world seems to have about people and things, so yeah, Nvidia has been a spectacular long-term winner on the American markets, and he had recently been named CEO of the year. As I picked this stock a year ago, I'm happy to say I really picked the stock almost 15 years ago. It's a long-term holding in Motley Fool Stock Advisor. But a year ago, when I picked it with this group of five stocks, letting you eat cake, it was at 215. I regret to inform us all that it's dropped from 215 to 147. Right, that's down 46 percent. It's been cut in half from where it was a year ago. And yet, it's amazing to me that in October, that's right, just two months ago, NVIDIA, a worldwide leader at what it does and a mega cap, NVIDIA was at 293. So, it's dropped from 293 to 147 in two months. And as this podcast attempts to deal as much as possible with reality, we're scoring it where it is today, down 46%. We have to subtract 46 from our 67. So, we're down to a plus 21, still ahead of the market, with one final stock to review. So, let me ask you about stock number 5. Would you prefer a business that's a bricks-and-mortar company, or an online company? That classic battle, bricks-and-mortar versus online. And we're not even talking about retail sales right now. How about a company that lives within the educational world of big, bricks-and-mortar, expensive universities, but also cheaper, seemingly less adopted so far, online learning, well with 2U, ticker symbol T-W-O-U, you have the leader in bringing people through online learning to some of the best bricks-and-mortar universities, earning often graduate degrees, sometimes undergraduate degrees. 2U is the leader uniting those two worlds so we didn't have to trade off, we can have a company once again that has both. A year ago, 2U was at $67 a share. Today, I'm sorry to say that it has dropped from 67 to $55. That is a drop of 18%. So, in a weirdly happy way, I'm here to let you know that looking over these five, we ended up with a plus three number a tiny amount of incremental outperformance of the market. We kept it positive. It was pretty dramatic for me as I went down the numbers. I lost my breath briefly as I looked. How has 2 you done over the last year? Oh, it's down! Oh, but not so much that we're negative with this sampler of five stocks. Now, of course, it's worth mentioning this is only one year later. We always pick stocks for at least three years on this podcast and at The Motley Fool. But it's kind of fun to note that over a really tough year, by the way, talk about tough, Two use stock in May was at 99. I just gave you the closing price at 55. This is another company down more than 40 percent. In fact, looking over all five of these companies, they are down respectively 20, 40, 30, 50, and 40 plus percent from where they were just months ago. And yet, I'm still happy to say we're beating the market. So enough with five stocks that will let you eat cake. We will whisk them off the stage. We give them a wave and a little bit of a smile because we are beating the market with them, albeit by less than one percentage point. So, with the market flat, this group of stocks is up the equivalent of 0.6%, slightly ahead of the market in their first extremely volatile year. What about five stocks to put under the tree? Support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Let's talk about buying a home for a minute. Because of rising interest rates, there's a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home these days. It's causing a lot of anxiety among some of our fellow Fools. I mean, the market's been doing that to some of us as well. Although, we're a little bit more used to that as stock market investors. How often do you really purchase a home? Not nearly as often, I hope, as you purchase stock market investments. So, our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about this, and they're calling it the power buying process. Here's how it works. Quicken Loans will verify your income, your assets, and your credit in less than 24 hours. And assuming that all goes well, you'll get a verified approval. And that gives you the strength of a cash buyer. And then once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, they lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop for that new property. And here's the best part. If rates go up, your rate stays the same, but if rates go down, your rate also drops along with the dropping rate. If the rates do drop, so either way you win. And to get started, go to RocketMortgage.com/fool rate shield approval only valid. I should mention on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on and Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS Access.org number 3030. And since we're near the end of the year, I want to say thank you to Rocket Mortgage for being a wonderful sponsor of this and all Motley Fool podcasts. Alright, so two years ago this month, five stocks to put under the tree. We've talked about that. You know the game we're playing here. I say let's get right into it with stock number 1. These are alphabetical, just as I did on the podcast and as I did with our previous stock sampler. So, what was up first alphabetically? We like to do it by company name, so let's kick it off with, yep, Amazon. I picked it with that five-stock sampler two years ago. It was at $770 a share today. As I mentioned already, it's at $1604. So, good news, that stock put under the tree, that made a wonderful gift, the gift that keeps on giving up 108%. Now, how's it doing against the stock market? Well, the stock market over the last two years, since that 12-7-2016 podcast, the stock market is up 16%. So, with Amazon up 108, minus 16, that's a plus 92 in the win column. Let's go to stock number 2. Stock number 2, well, one of those companies that puts a lot of products underneath people's trees this time of year, and that's Apple. And Apple, two years ago, was at $111 a share. Today, it's at $167. By the way, I should mention, since it's kind of a theme, this podcast, Apple was at 230 in October. So, it's gone from 230 down to $167. i am really happy to still say we're up 50%. And versus 16% for the market, that's a plus 34 in the win column for Apple. So, 92 plus 34, we're up 126 percentage points over the market so far. And spoiler alert, it's about to get better. Stock number 3, Activision Blizzard, the video game and entertainment company. Another one of those companies whose gifts I appreciate receiving this time of year. Activision Blizzard 2 years ago was at 37 and a half. Today it's at 48. That's a 28% gain. That gives us a plus 12 in the win column. That brings us up to plus 126. Do I sound like a broken record, though? My golly, this stock was at 85 in October. It's dropped from 85 to 48 in two months. And yet, we're still pretty happy with our longer-term returns beating the market. I know a lot of people say, the market's going to get hit at some point, or 2019 is going to be a bad year after all these great years. Uh, have we been looking at the last couple of months? I did say a few months ago in this podcast, I think we're already in a bear market. And a lot of times, the pain really happens up front. And when I'm seeing companies like NVIDIA cut in half in two months, and Activision Blizzard nearly cut in half in two months, and Amazon and Apple all 20 30% down from their recent highs. I feel like we've already felt a lot of the pain. Things might get surprisingly better from here. We'll see in 2019. I think the market's going up. All right, stock number four is maybe a particularly interesting one because this company, it is often said, has had about as bad a year as any company, any big company could have. So, stock number four that we put under the tree two years ago this month was Facebook. Facebook was at $118 a share that day. And today, it tips the scales at 146. It's up 24%. So, we're four for four on the stocks we're putting under the tree. It's not been a great investment. It's up 24%, that's eight percentage points ahead of the market. But, yep, Facebook in July was at 218. We're printing our results here when it's at 146. So, this is another company that has lost a huge amount of value. And yet, I don't even think as much as you'd expect from the headlines that we read. Some people, it seems to me, leaving Facebook nearly for dead at this point, thinking their problems run so deep. Everything from questionable executive decisions right through to betraying the trust of their customers or security leaks. Bad decisions, bad outcomes and results. It certainly hasn't been a good time, and I know a lot of you are probably not very happy with Facebook right now. And As an investor, I'm not very happy with Facebook dropping from 218 to 146 in just a few months. That said, doesn't it sound like a lot of the other companies we're talking about? So, I don't think Facebook really deserves to be singled out in quite the way that headlines, I think, are naturally doing so. I'm not excusing any of the bad behavior and bad performance at Facebook. I sure would like to see things get better. And yet, my horse sense, the capital F fool in me, thinks that things are probably going to get better than people think. So, we'll take our little plus eight, and we'll add that in the win column, and that takes us from 138 to 146. And what was the fifth and final stock we put under the tree two years ago? And by the way, what a two years it has been for these stocks. I mean, the market's been good. 16 percentage point gain over two years. Not bad. It's it's about the historical average. Uh, but I'm really happy to say Netflix, stock number no. 5, has had a really good two years. This is another one. If you put the stock under the tree, for example, if you bought shares for a child instead of giving them another gadget or another hunk of plastic. I mean, I like those things, too. I sure did when I was a kid. But you can also give stock. And it's not just to kids. You can give it to brothers, uncles. Now, of course, it's easier to give stocks to somebody who has a brokerage account already. But if you're thinking about somebody who hasn't started investing yet, here's what you can do. You can give them money. Just give them cold cash, and they can then open an account and buy stocks with your monetary gift. I think stock makes a wonderful gift because, as we're discovering this podcast, it's hard for me to think of more rewarding gifts, frankly, as I think about the hardware under many trees than what we're describing and discussing in this podcast. So, Netflix, two years ago, $126 a share. Today, $272. The stock is up 116%. Yep, subtracting 16, that's an even plus one hundred for this fifth stock we put it under the tree you totaled it all up we're at plus 246 for this group that's right take these five stocks together add up their percentage points by which they have beaten the market and that's a plus 246 by the way to finish out the math the average gain of these five companies was plus 65 percent against the stock market that over the last two years was up 16 percent so 49 percentage points per stock. Ahead of the market averages for one of my better five stock samplers. This is one of those rare ones where I got all five of them right so far, but I do want to put an asterisk. I don't want to gloat or celebrate here. This is only two years later. If 2019 is a bad year, maybe these stocks decline further. We'll see whether you wanted them under the tree in retrospect. But right now, I'm going to predict you were really happy to either give or receive these stocks. And remember, the greatest gift is the gift of giving. So I hope you'll think about giving some of your favorite company, some of your favorite stocks. If you're a stock market investor, so many of you are. Think about giving a stock to somebody else. All right. well, that was a super fun review of Two Stock Samplers. Next week, well, it'll be Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, December 26th, the final Wednesday of the month, your mailbag. In the meantime, happy holidays to all Fools everywhere. Fool on!